0: the sky overhead, and God in his heaven. That, in a modest way, is what I've tried to do for Columbus. One winter's sail in a chartered yawl along the line of the Windward and Leeward Islands provided me with a living commentary on the contemporary narratives of Columbus's second voyage, and proved that Parkman's outdoor methods could profitably be applied at sea so I sought ways and means for following the routes of Columbus's other voyages under sail. Paul Hammond, and a number of his friends and mine, organized for that purpose the Harvard-Columbus expedition. We purchased and fitted out the barkentine Capitana, near enough to Columbus's larger ships in rig and Burthen, to enable us to cross the ocean under conditions very similar to those of his day and to view islands and coasts as through his eyes. William D. Stevens contributed his 45-foot catch, Mary Otis, as the Nina of our expedition. Departing separately in August and September 1939, we dropped down near enough to the latitude of Columbus's first homeward passage to check his observations of weather, birds, and gulf weed. At the Azores we met and examined very thoroughly the island of Santa Maria, where Columbus had unhappy experiences, then sailed by the track of his first voyage to Lisbon, Cape St. Vincent, and Palos. Thence, by way of Sanlúcar and Cadiz, we caught the winter northerlies to Porto Santo, Madeira, and the Canary Islands, all associated with Columbus. Our ocean crossing from Gomera to Trinidad was approximately on the route of his third voyage, and we made exactly the same Trinidad landfall on December 12, 1939, as he did on July 31, 1498. With somewhat more trepidation than his journal exhibits, we sailed through the Boca de la Sierpe into the Gulf of Parilla. On the northern Venezuelan shore of that gulf we ascertained the place where Columbus first made contact with the American continent, and where he took possession por Castilla y por León. Passing out through the Bocos del Dragón, we followed the route of the third voyage to Margarita, visited Cartagena, and joined the route of Columbus's fourth voyage at the entrance to the Gulf of Darien, where he took his last departure from the mainland the somewhat confused accounts of the fourth voyage became clear, as we reconnoitred the Caribbean shores of Panama and Costa Rica. And with the aid of a native sloop, we effected the difficult landing at the mouth of the Rio Belen, where Columbus attempted a mainland settlement. After identifying the passage between Almirante Bay and Chiriqui Lagoon, which Columbus expected would lead to the Indian Ocean, we called at his Cariae in Costa Rica and proceeded to Jamaica, where our Capitana paid homage to the ghost of his, at her last resting place in St. Anne's, or Santa Gloria, Bay. During the summer of 1940, Captain Stevens and I sailed Mariotis along Columbus's course of the first voyage, from the San Salvador landfall, through the Bahamas, to Cuba, and along the beautiful Oriente province to Cape Maize. There we picked up the route of his Cuban exploring voyage of fourteen ninety four. Mary Otis took us into Guantanamo Bay and Santiago de Cuba, around Cape Cruz, through El Jardin de la Reina, and past the Sierra de Trinidad to Cienfuegos. We drew too much water to follow the remainder of that Colombian voyage, and my reconnaissance of the province of Mangi was successfully completed aboard a shoal draft. And hospitable cuban gunboat on other occasions in 1938 and 1939 i sailed in government patrol boats native sloops or anything i could pick up along the shores of hispaniola the virgin islands and puerto rico nicaragua and honduras i had reserved for another voyage but war conditions have indefinitely postponed that pleasure and it seemed best to conclude this biography without completing the work of re-exploration. Although I have not neglected the problems connected with the nationality, birth, early life, and objectives of Columbus, the emphasis in this book is on what...